Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I wanted to record an episode today to talk about some of the stuff I've been working on, uh, which I guess I've been pretty busy. I've been kind of changing some stuff up and uh, making some some changes in the studio, as uh, I'm kind of um, often made frequent to say, but... Uh, the stuff I was going to talk about today was a little bit about uh, some computer stuff that I was working on. I've been trying to work with Linux a little bit. I've talked about Linux a couple of the times on the podcast in the past before. I think I talked about putting Linux Mint onto uh, like a smaller MacBook that I had uh, or older MacBook that I had. And then I also th- I think talked about trying to make like bootable thumb drives um, that I've, I've done in the past. Uh, I, mean, I have a little bit of experience with Linux. I'm sure people that are actually interested in it have a lot more, but um, I've, I've kind of been looking around online and, and kind of trying to find some information out about uh, some of the different distributions that are out there that have uh, been in common use frequently. But uh, I've been trying to learn a little bit and I guess learn a little bit more about terminal stuff, which I've also talked about on the podcast before, but uh, I, uh, I run into Pop OS, which uh, is a Linux distribution, which I guess is based on Ubuntu. Um, and I've used Ubuntu before, a nice, um, easy to install operating system. And there's still like a lot of customization stuff that's sort of uh, around that as well. With, uh, you know, as is a common theme with uh, using Linux as an operating system, it seems to be. But uh, I, I downloaded a distribution of um, Pop OS and I installed it onto a thumb drive. And I use this. this um, this cool utility that uh, you can get on a Mac uh, called Etcher, uh, which uh, makes like a, an ISO a bootable, um, a bootable distribution on like a, it's a like a, a live boot USB thumb drive with that ISO. So, uh, so that was really easy to do with that uh, Linux distribution. I guess it works with a bunch of others too. Um, but I was interested in using. Uh, like Arch Linux a little bit. I was kind of looking around a little bit. I was trying to find like, you know, I was looking at the, the newer version of Ubuntu that's out there. I was looking at the the newer version of uh, Linux Mint with Cinnamon as like the desktop environment. I was looking at uh, uh, Pop! OS too, yeah. And uh, so I was kind of down between like Arch Linux and Pop! OS for a little bit. Um, and I decided to go with Pop! OS. I think, I think there's some kind of interesting things with it. And it seems to be kind of... Uh, catching on a little bit too, which is, uh, which is always kind of fun to, to check out. But, uh, there, there's, there's some di- differences between distributions. I'm really no expert in it. So I'm sure other people actually understand why there's those differences much more than I do. But I, uh, I downloaded the, uh, the ISO. I made a uh, bootable USB thumb drive using Etcher. And then, uh, yeah, I used it on my, my MacBook pro, uh, sometimes there's there's kind of a, a thought that uh, maybe like especially with laptops, so there's not going to be the driver support that you would need. So it's like things like webcams or things like the hotkeys, like the the buttons at the top where you could turn the the sound up and down or the 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 monitor light up and down or something like that. Like none of that would really have a, a communication to the computer system uh, to do anything. So uh, in this case. All that stuff worked. The trackpad worked. The mouse worked. Or you know, the the, the use of the mouse worked, which was something that I heard was a, a complication uh, in this distribution, and I think in a few other Linux distributions on laptops too. Is that sometimes there's not the driver support for the the trackpad in the way that you need, or you know, for whatever reason, I don't understand it really. 
But really, yeah, almost everything worked uh, surprisingly well. It, uh, just out of the box uh, right away, uh, even just from the thumb drive uh, booting up in, in just a couple of minutes. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, you get the desktop environment. You get to kind of move around. And it's a really uh, kind of clean interface with uh, with just kind of a few pieces to interact with. But my understanding with the development environment was that, uh, or with this distribution the idea was that it was supposed to be kind of ready for people to use to start creating things. Is um, I don't know. Some seems seems it seems to be some sort of hot word right now to to kind of talk about it like that. But um, but I think it's really cool. It uh, it really does mimic the the Mac OS environment in a lot of ways. It it doesn't have the the kind of slick graphical interface in some ways. It definitely has that Linux. It's or sort of a more flat. Uh, Linux theme to it, uh, but I think it looks really nice though, um, and it works. It works really well. It's I'm sure kind of a stable system. It's uh, it's cool getting to to use the terminal to try and like apt install stuff uh, from the area from a repository. I don't understand what that is a code repository where I download a program and stuff. So I'm kind of kind of still trying to like learn about that and figure it out, but. As part of the process goes, yeah, I, uh, I, I got the, the, the live USB key working. And then uh, on my MacBook, it's like a 2015 MacBook Pro. I was trying to figure out how to, how to make a partition on the drive so that I could install like just a, for in a small section of the drive where I still have all of my, my Mac OS data preserved. But I have like a small partition of the drive sectioned off for, um, for an installation of this, uh, this Pop OS distribution so I could kind of run it for a couple of months and sort of live with it, make files in it. And, uh, download applications in it and see if it, you know, how, how it is to like work with or how it is to use what it's like to get on the internet and then try and download, you know, an attachment or something like that. So uh, I'm kind of interested in trying to, to try it out. But to do that, I was trying to get a partition going and uh, I was having some, some trouble on the MacBook Pro and I guess in macOS Mojave, if, uh, if you've done the upgrade from, um, this is going to be exciting for you guys, if you've done an upgrade from the hard drive file format system of HFS to the APFS, the, uh, the new like Apple file format system. Then, uh, and I, then I guess, and if you have time machine turned on, there's like some complication where you can't like reformat the size of the drive, uh, partition in the way that you, I guess, once could using disk utility. So there's a couple uh, little tricks that I learned to get around that or to, to get it back to a place where you can make changes to the partition size. The things that I noticed were file vault was on, so my drive was encrypted, and I couldn't make changes to the drive size while the drive was encrypted, so I had to turn file vault off and I guess have the computer go through the process of decrypting the drive. In addition to that, what else was there? It was decrypting the drive. Oh, it was time machine backups. Yeah, so I have a hard drive that does uh, time machine backups. It's like an external drive, but uh, I think that that given that there was, uh, you know, I don't know, some some image of a drive that was out there. I don't know. There's something I had to like, I had to turn off time machine, I guess is what it was. That's what it kind of boils down to. And then all of a sudden I was able to, uh, to resize that APFS uh, drive container size and then put in a new partition uh which i uh i, I made up and i think I, I think i set it to like 20 gigabytes so i have 20 gigabytes set over a side on my hard drive uh for 
Linux to be installed. So I put the thumb drive in, I did the live boot of this pop OS distribution. And then, uh, then from within there, you can go and install it onto the computer. And so I installed it onto, uh, to that partition of the, the hard drive that I had set up. And now I have, yeah, a working version of, uh, Linux pop OS running on a 2015 MacBook Pro with almost really almost no problems at all. There's there's some some kind of glitchy like the mouse tracks too fast across the screen in some applications or in some uses and just strange things like that. But uh, and, and a few other things too. But uh, but it really the the thing that you notice a bit is that there's really not a lot you can do with just the operating system. You really have to kind of involve other applications and you have to. Have, your, your file system that you know all, all, have hard drives and hard drives of photos and files and all those documents and stuff so uh, kind of incorporating those into your use through your operating system is, is sort of how you can tell if it's working for you or not but just an empty operating system it's kind of hard to tell like well I don't know I guess there's like there's no files and you can click here you can click there um, so it's just kind of hard to like track stuff or see if if that really makes you know sense to use uh, but uh, or it doesn't feel like you're learning how to use it if it's just a completely empty operating system and I guess that's kind of where I've been a lot of times in the past where I don't really live in Linux for long enough to create enough files or need to move around enough files uh, back and forth from a hard drive to my computer to work on and then back to the hard drive as like I work on a project or something um, I haven't done that enough in Linux to, to, to really like build up anything there so um, or to, to build up at least much experience kind of trying to move move things around or, you know, build content or, or, or get online and, you know, get back and forth. But, uh, but pop OS seems to make it pretty easy or it seems to really be pushing this idea that Linux is uh, fine to use where, uh, it kind of has an app store that's sort of represented at the, the front of the, the front of the system in whatever way that would be. But there's kind of a page that just sort of lists a lot of the applications that you can install. Um, a lot of them, I think, I think they're all free, that are listed there, at least a lot of them are the open source uh, applications that are out there uh, that are available for Linux. But there's also a lot of them that are um, that are like uh, private licensed pieces of software or freeware that are out there uh, too. So there's some cool stuff that's available. Like uh, you can get Slack, or you can get what was it, like Chromium. Uh, so you can run Chrome on there. I think it comes with Firefox. There's probably some other pieces that are out there too. It's like it, LibreOffice is installed. I think there's some other utilities that are out there uh, too, but there. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I noticed there's some limitations too. There's, uh, you know, there's no access to the Adobe suite of software, which uh, I noticed. I guess I depend on more than I thought I would. Um, I thought there was like other options out there for me. In a lot of cases, maybe there are in, in uh, some circumstances, but uh, I, uh, I tried to kind of switch over. And fine, I, I downloaded Raw Therapy. That's this. Uh, that's an application that's available for Linux and Macintosh and Windows that uh, allows you to edit your photographs, your raw photographs, and it's supposed to be sort of that uh, that uh, that workstation, that f the photography cataloging workstation. That's sort of what Lightroom is. Um, it's free, open source software. Uh, it's uh, pretty interesting to download. It's it's uh, not not too big of a program, but uh, it's definitely cool to check out. It's just uh, definitely a lot different than some of the use that you would get in uh, Lightroom in some cases. So there's there's kind of the file management system and there's sort of some some metadata editing modules in there and then there's some uh, like 
color correction, editing stuff in there too, but there's a lot of fine detail, complicated things to get into there where you, you have like, uh, you have like three levers to change for each channel of color contrast. So it's just like an absurd amount of, of things to control to get the algorithm to kind of do the adjustment to the photo the way that you would want it to do it. Really technical, really cool, probably if you have the training to kind of get in there and do that in some way. I'd like to try and check out some more videos on it, but it just in a lot of way, in the Linux way, the classic Linux way, it's incredibly difficult to, to use. Like, you know, or to just jump in and you, oh, okay, I'm going to have this program. I'm going to bring my photos in and now they're going to be processed. It's a lot harder to that. Uh, so it's, it's interesting, but uh, definitely a steep learning curve. Um, so I want to try and dig into it a little bit more. Um, in addition to that, another story similar is uh, I tried to install uh, a, a door, a, a door. I don't know what it is. It's uh, but uh, it's an audio editing. It's an audio multi-tracking uh, workstation uh, for Linux or as an open source piece of software that's available. I think for uh, for Mac and Windows too. You can download it uh, probably from some some repository online. Uh, but uh, it's an audio editing workstation, uh, which uh, like right now I use Audition to do a lot of the audio editing stuff that I'm that I'm interested in. Um, there's uh what would there be like garage band or something you know is is another one logic is uh like uh, the one that they were just showing off at wwdc uh with uh, the new mac pro and the, the thousand channels of stuff running on it um the, the the audacity is the one that's kind of most known in the the, the freeware open source audio software community uh but this uh this other one seemed like it was kind of interesting audacity i should say is really about kind of i think single track clipping and and mastering uh which is which is a, a specific utility that's that's super useful and i think it's a really good tool for that but i don't know if it really does uh like multi-track mixing as much I could be wrong about that. I'm not really sure. But I was trying this program out, and uh, it's like kind of it's difficult to use. I guess that's sort of the answer. Is uh, uh, it, like there's just like little driver component things that don't really come together. It's looking for like uh, outboard hardware components that I don't have. But I'm really just trying to open an MP3 in it to see if it'll play it. But it doesn't really let you get that far until you configure it. But you can't really configure it. So it's kind of a again a classic uh, Linux problem. So pretty exciting stuff. Difficulties with configuring open source software to run on a MacBook. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of troubleshooting stuff and uh, there's a lot of kind of tinkering stuff to get it ready to, ready and going. And this is I think why a lot of people uh, don't don't move over to Linux super quickly. Um, a lot of the the software stuff though is working really well and is is pretty interesting to use. Like I really like using the uh, the the terminal to do um, like an apt command. It's like apt install and then you you just like put the the name of the piece of software in there that's available. You can do like apt search and then like find the piece of software name but you put like the command line name in there and then it'll just download the repository it's really cool it's just, you just see it kind of like chug 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 and you see kind of the command line working it out and then you have that application installed uh, on your operating system it's really cool it you know pulls it from the internet it does it but is it like a package manager it's kind of i think what i understand but yeah finds package pulls that package down and 
installs it. There you go. You got an install piece of software. So it's a, it, a definitely a cool thing. It's too bad that uh, um, I guess Windows never had the uh, the advantages of Unix. Um, and then Mac, I guess, seems to take advantage of it. But uh, the, I, well, the things like that are, are kind of uh, kind of geeky. So I understand why that's probably not a common feature. But uh, I think on a Mac, that's why you use Homebrew, um, which is that. Uh, that package manager add-on program that you can download uh, for your Mac OS terminal. And that's what I used a lot to download uh, a lot of cool pieces of software for terminal. Um, but what's cool about Linux is you can download it. You can download packages that are, that are graphical user interface applications, just, you know, just regular applications. You can download, um, I'm download the Chromium browser or something. So you can do that just from terminal. You can just run the commands from terminal to, to make those downloads. So it's kind of cool, interesting, and uh, kind of fun to get into Linux and uh, start figuring out some stuff around that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to try and try and run Linux as sort of my primary operating system for a couple of weeks and see if I can sort of do at least the, the file management stuff and maybe some of the web browsing, uh, web uploading stuff uh, from the, the Linux side of things for a little bit. So just as a, a little experiment to to see how that's, that's going. But uh, I don't know, it's kind of fun stuff. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in and checking it out. Have a good day.